On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Cybertruck's so-called rust issue has been explained and solved. Plus, Cybertruck gets more official customization options, LG gets ready to start adding to Tesla's 4680 battery cell supply, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you alongside Daisy the Boxer. This is Ride the Lightning episode 447, your weekly dose of Tesla news and analysis. This episode publishing on February 25th, 2024. I will start here. Full self-driving beta version 12.2.1 has gone out what I thought was out wide. It turns out It didn't actually go out wide. I never get stuff early, but apparently I was in the the lucky initial small group to get this push. Now, this I'll talk more about that in a second. This push has been heralded by Elon Musk and the Tesla team as a big one. Version 12, as it removes hundreds of thousands of lines of code and functions solely on neural nets, end-to-end neural nets, as we've heard Elon say a bunch of times. I got it on Monday night, as some of you, I guess, likely did. I thought it was going to be most of you, because again, I've never gotten an, a, you know, a so-called early drop of, a, uh, of an FSD beta software update. So my initial thoughts after driving around with it for the last several days, I have to say... I am not seeing quite the dramatic improvement that a lot of the Tesla FSD YouTubers are. Uh, a lot of the commentary out there is, oh, it's it's way better, it's so much better. I'm not seeing that, at least for now, and I'm not invalidating anybody else's opinion or perspective. Just giving you my thoughts after a few trips with it. Uh, I will say, probably the biggest thing that is improved in, in actual just moment-to-moment use is it accelerates out of its NHTSA-mandated complete stops at stop signs much quicker and more naturally now, which is so appreciated because before you'd, you know, those of you with the FSD beta probably do this as well, where you're just goosing it with the accelerator pedal, like, let's go, let's go. There's still plenty of goosing it going on uh, around, it's very ginger around like right turns around corners from stop signs or stop lights. Uh, so there, there's still plenty to improve upon, but that's probably the number one obvious and very welcomed improvement that I'm seeing. Now, probably the big new feature, like entirely new feature here with, with version 12 is the automatic speed offset which I have been trying out. Now, per the description in the UI, here's what it does. If you you check that box and opt into it, you don't have to. It says, automatic speed offset allows autopilot to drive at the speed that it determines is most natural. This considers factors like road type, traffic flow, environmental conditions, speed limit, and the selected FSD beta profile setting. In other words, chill, 
average or assertive. I keep mine on average. So again, I, I know it'll get better, but overall, I, it's not that I'm unhappy with it so far. I just am not, I'm not nearly as impressed as I was with the jump from 11 to 12 as I was with the jump from 10 to 11. And the big jump from 10 to 11, of course, was the single stack, was, was using the FSD beta stack on the highway, which I have found to generally be a, a huge improvement over the legacy stack, the original autopilot highway stack. Um, it has gone, I've seen it go faster than I would like in some areas with this automatic speed offset where it's deciding how fast it's going to go. So I've seen it do, it did 32 miles an hour in a 25 mile per hour school zone during the school day, which I was not interested in that. I lowered it down to 25 because I'm not looking for that speeding ticket. And I, I also had it go not as fast as I would like in other scenarios, like when it was doing just 37 in a 35 and it was doing so in the left lane and when there were two lanes, a left and a right lane. So it was it was doing that in the left lane, which is like, eh, if we're going to do that, let's be in the right hand lane here. I've also experienced it yo-yoing up and down speed wise, just down a straight road with a with a single speed limit that's not changing, like it's still trying to decide, well, how fast do I want to go here? So I'm not sure that I'm going to stick with this automatic speed offset setting for too much longer in this build. I might, after this, just depending on how this weekend goes, because I do plan to do a, a decent bit of driving this weekend, as I do most weekends, I'm going to see how it goes and... If I still don't feel great about it, I'll just uncheck that box, revert back to my normal 12% fixed offset, and then I will just try the automatic speed offset again in a future FSD beta update. So as soon as I got this software build, version 12.2.1 on Monday night, I thought, well, great. Other people are getting this, because like I said, if I, I thought that if I was getting it, Everybody must be getting it. So I made it the subject of this week's Patreon poll. And sadly, as a couple of, of uh, commenters kindly pointed out, kind of a, a wasted poll this week, which again, totally it's my fault. It's nobody else's fault. I asked on Patreon, what are your thoughts on FSD beta version 12 so far? 92% of you that voted said, either chose the I didn't get V12 yet slash I don't have FSD on my Tesla. The remaining sample size was actually 3% said, I love it so far and I think it's a clear improvement over V11. Another 3% said, I like it so far. It seems like an incremental update over V11. And 3% said, I'm indifferent about it so far. So yeah, probably uh, definitely not my best choice of poll because again, I just mistakenly thought that everybody was getting it if I was getting it. So perhaps I will revisit this poll down the road, not next week, but sometime sometime when it's for sure rolled out wide and everybody's been using it for a little while. But I will just give you the friendly reminder that everybody is welcome to vote in the Patreon poll each week. You don't have to be backing me on Patreon, although I would love it if you would choose to back me on Patreon. Uh, but you can find those polls usually every Tuesday evening 
on patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, the next little quick appetizer I've got for you this week is with regard to sentry mode, and it is good news about sentry mode. It's going to be getting more efficient soon. Tesla's battery guru, the VP of battery engineering, I don't actually remember his exact title off the top of my head, but Drew Baglino, you've heard me cite him in earnings calls many, many times. Drew Baglino took to X to respond to somebody who was asking about the amount of battery juice that sentry mode uses, you know, when the car is otherwise just idle, right? It's, it's just watching while you're away from it while the car is parked. And Drew said this, quote, Sentry mode power consumption needs improvement. The team is working to reduce by about 40% in a Q2 software update. So 40%, that is significant improvement. That's quite a lot. Now, if you've used sentry mode and you've paid close attention, you've noted that it currently uses about 1% of your battery energy per hour. So if this cuts that down to 0.6% every hour, that's huge. That is massive saving. So this will be a really, really welcome update, particularly uh, just speaking for my own future experience here, when I'm lucky enough to get my Cybertruck, it's going to be living outside on the street. So I would prefer to have sentry mode on and have that watchful cyber owl looking out for any nefarious activity that might happen around my cyber truck, but hopefully won't. I, I certainly am not looking to capture anything bad because I don't want anything bad to happen. Uh, before I get started with the main set of Tesla news stories this week, I want to remind you that I am on Patreon and you can back me on there if you choose to support the podcast Hopefully, maybe this is the week where you decide, yes, I've been listening for a while, Ryan. I really enjoy the podcast. I find it informative. I find it maybe even entertaining from time to time. And I would like to pledge my support on Patreon. You can do that again at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. The base tier is just five bucks a month. And for that five bucks a month, you will get early access to each week's podcast. But if you're kind enough to step up to that $10 per month tier or higher, the most popular tier, that $10 a month tier, you get the early access each week and you get the weekly lightning round bonus mini episode that I do exclusively for Patreon each and every week. And this week's was about the upcoming mega video game. It's going to be the biggest game, not just of the year it comes out, it's due out next year, but the biggest game of the decade. I can, I can very very, very confidently say that, even though we're only in 2024 as far as this decade goes. But I talked about Grand Theft Auto 6 and Tesla and how those two might end up uh, being connected, how Tesla might feature and probably will in some way, shape or form feature in Grand Theft Auto 6. So take a listen to that if you are backing me at that $10 per month tier or higher on Patreon. There are 83 other lightning round episodes up there as well. So if you sign up today for Patreon at that $10 per month tier, you'll get access not just to this week's lightning round about Grand Theft Auto 6 and Tesla, but the entire 83 episode archive. Plus, of course, you'll get access as I do a new lightning round each and every week. 
Don't forget, if you want to do the annual pledge, just pledge once for the entire year. I show my gratitude to you for that by giving you a 10% discount on that annual pledge. And there's now a seven-day free trial option just for that $10 per month tier. So if you'd like to experience that without actually financially committing, you can do that, again, on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Podcast. Okay, let's get to the headline topic this week. It is the Cybertruck. In fact, the next three stories are all about the Cybertruck this week, but the next two are much better than this one. Oh, this one's good too because it's it's clearing up some misconception, but the damage, of course, already done by the Fudsters. The, the rusting issue, and if you can hopefully hear those giant air quotes that I'm putting on the word issue. So you've probably heard about this already because again, the Fudsters, and if you're not familiar with the term FUD, and I use the term Fudster as a as a shorthand for a person that spreads FUD. If you've never heard me use this before, if you're newer to the podcast, FUD is a term that stands for, it's an acronym, Fear, Uncertainty, and Doubt, which is what short sellers like to spread a lot of FUD to try and drive interest down in Tesla, to try and harm them, to try and make their stock price go down. But it's not just short sellers on the stock market. It's other people that just have it in for Tesla or have it in for Elon or have it in for EVs, whatever it is. But you have probably heard about this rust issue because, again, those Fudsters have been taking this and running with it. With it, Pardon me. You can, in fact, almost, if, you, if you just quiet down for a moment, you can almost hear them out in the ether just salivating over the thought that there's something about this controversial new truck that they can use to try and damage Tesla either reputationally, financially, or better yet for them, both. So I will say that this rust situation, it started innocently enough. Somebody who got a new Cybertruck, a Tesla owner, a Cybertruck owner, posted on the Cybertruck Owners Club forums that there were some small marks on the front of his brand new, just delivered truck that looked like rust and that it wasn't just wiping right off. Now, unfortunately, it started innocently but got crazy from here. It just got ridiculous. And it's not this poor owner's fault who posted this up. That person was just trying to figure out what was going on with their brand new Tesla that they've been waiting a long time for and paid a lot of money for. So Justin a.k.a. Bearded Tesla Guy, who I uh, was lucky enough to be on a panel with back at the Tesla takeover last summer, Justin made a well-researched video about this, about this rust issue, explaining what's really going on and debunking that FUD. And the reason that I bring up Justin's YouTube video is because Tesla's lead Cybertruck engineer a gentleman by the name of Wes Morrill, or if maybe it's Morrill. I think it's Morrill, uh, M-O-R-R-I-L-L. Wes Morrill. Well, Wes validated Justin's video by posting on X, in quote, quote tweeting, I guess it's not called tweeting anymore, but you know what I'm saying. Quote tweeting Justin's post about his video, and Wes said, 
Good myth busting. Stainless is reactive and free iron that sits on it will rust. It's surface contamination only and can be cleaned off easily. Barkeeper's friend used here works well. Citrusurf 77 can also loosen the deposit and simply wipe it off. If there's anything stubborn, use a blue non-scratch Scotch-Brite pad as it won't leave any marks on the metal, end quote. So thank you to Wes for that. And I think it's fair to ask, this was certainly one of the first things that popped into my head, is why has this never popped up on a DeLorean? I can't say with 100% certainty that it never did on any DeLorean, but in my 12 years of being lucky enough to own my original dream car, uh, as well as all of my time in the DeLorean community, which has certainly continued past my ownership period, I have never seen, heard about, or experienced this. And the DeLoreans were shipped, remember this is 1981, 1982, they were shipped on boats from across the Atlantic from where they were built in Dunmurry in Northern Ireland, just outside of Belfast, across the Atlantic to uh, the northeastern seaboard, the New York, New Jersey area where they were received, and then uh, others made their way across the country from there to California where they were distributed too. So they were exposed to plenty of salt in the air. I don't know about iron necessarily, but it's just strange to me that this is happening. Now, it's apparently rail dust, and it can come from brake dust as well, but my only working theory in terms of why DeLoreans have not ever seemed to experience this and why Cybertrucks are, again, it's my only working theory, it may easily be wrong, and, and it's separate from the fact that DeLoreans used grade 304 stainless steel and Tesla uses a custom 30X alloy on the Cybertruck, is that DeLoreans don't have any stainless on the front of the cars. The front of a DeLorean is all pretty traditional car stuff up front. Plastic grill, you know, the DMC logo badge, a fiberglass painted fascia, and the headlights, and then an injection molded lower front air dam and metal grill in front of the radiator intake. And it's the body panels on the side. It's the fenders, the doors, the, the, the roof piece on top, and the rear quarter panels that are all stainless. But the front and rear bumper pieces on a DeLorean are not stainless. They're, they're actually painted. So there is a little bit of paint on a DeLorean, just not very much at all. Anyway, so that's my only working theory is that the Cybertrucks, because it's stainless up front that maybe as they're moving, uh, you know, that they're, they're picking up these, these deposits, these iron deposits, and you're getting that reaction that Wes, the lead Cybertruck engineer, talked about. Anyway, I hope that helps. If anybody in your life, perhaps inevitably if they haven't already, does bring this up, and it's certainly hopefully helpful to you if you are intending to purchase a Cybertruck, as I know that so many of you are. So it's not a big deal. It's admittedly not great, to be clear, because Tesla should deliver you a perfectly clean truck, but it's not really a problem and it can be rectified very easily.
Speaking of the Cybertruck, Tesla has added a few more colors to its lineup of color change paint protection film wraps that are available in the online Tesla shop. The satin stealth black and satin ceramic white were the first two that have been offered since day one, since, you know, what, November 30th. And now Tesla has added three additional colors that happen to be colors also available on the Model 3 and the Model Y for those official Tesla wraps. And those three colors are satin rose gold, which if you choose that would perhaps make your Cybertruck the largest and most amazing Apple Watch accessory ever. If like my wife, you happen to have a rose gold colored Apple Watch. Um, anyway, uh, there's then slip gray, which at least in the render on Tesla's website, looks a bit close to the actual color of the naked stainless steel, which uh, seems, I don't know, maybe like a bit of an odd choice of color to offer when it's fairly similar to the actual just color of the stainless. And then the final one is Satin Abyss Blue, which seems kind of to be kind of a nice ocean blue color uh, for a little context, it appears to be a bit lighter than Tesla's blue metallic paint that they offer on S3, X, and Y. And, you know, after, when I thought about this after, after I looked at these three new colors, it, the thought occurred to me that I'm kind of surprised that the camouflage wrap, the digital camouflage wrap, and the Cybertruck in graffiti font wraps that we've seen on the release candidates that, that Tesla engineers have been driving around have not been made available to customers yet. But I, again, I, I've said this before, I've got to figure that it's only a matter of time for, if not all three, at least the white camo, the, the white camouflage wrap. Because when those were running around on the release candidates, so many people would comment that they really like that one. So Tesla is, they definitely see that, those comments. And I have to imagine that that one's going to be offered sooner rather than later. Now, finally, on this particular topic, just a friendly reminder. I know I've covered this before, but it's, it's a good reminder here that uh, in, to, to say something that's very relevant to these wraps, they are not vinyl wraps. Which, when you say wrap, I think that's generally you think of, oh, vinyl wrap, it's, it doesn't last long, what have you. But these are not vinyl wraps. They are the color change paint protection film, which is good because those are better than vinyl. It means they'll last a lot longer, they're thicker, and they can self-heal in the sun as well. So I would still, as somebody that's, a big proponent of professional detailing, and I have such a great relationship with Immaculate Reflections here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, I would personally recommend that if you're interested in getting a wrap on your Cybertruck, whether it's one of these Tesla colors or anything else, I would humbly rec recommend that you at least get a quote from a good professional detailer in your area, because the reason I say that, it's nothing against Tesla. But my bet is that a professional detailer will do the job as well or more likely probably better than Tesla will 
for the same price or perhaps even less. But that said, if the Tesla in-house option is convenient for you, you don't want to go to the trouble of trying to find a, a good, reputable local detailer. Hey, I get it. By all means, go for it. Head on over to shop.tesla.com when you get your Cybertruck and just order the wrap you like and Tesla will install it for you, no problem. And at least now, you've got three additional wrap colors to choose from. One more, I promised you three, one more fun Cybertruck story this week. It comes from Edmonds and our friend, the Tesla tipster Sawyer Merritt had a hand in this, so I'm gonna give him all the credit. So Edmonds, late this week, you know, Edmonds, they're, they, they've built their entire reputation on being this independent third-party car testing outlet where, you know, they're not influenced by anything, supposedly. And okay, you know, they've built that reputation over a long period of time. So they put up a story today that said, well, we tested the Foundation Series Cybertruck, dual motor long range, or dual motor all-wheel drive, pardon me, and we found, like the other four Teslas, that this one failed to meet the range estimate provided that Tesla provided to the EPA. They said, well, it's 340 miles of range that Tesla claims, and we achieved 334 miles on our tests. And Sawyer Merritt, to his credit, responded respectfully called them out and said, well, hey, wait a second here. The 340 is clearly labeled by Tesla as on the all-season tires that are going to be available sometime in 2024, which, side note, you know, I have speculated that when general production of Cybertruck begins, those that every Cybertruck will, by default, get those all-season tires that get the longer range, that the trucks that are being delivered now, these foundation series, are all on the Goodyear all-terrain tires, which the Tesla estimate range for that is 318 miles on the dual motor that Edmunds tested. And so, to their credit, now, would you like them to get it right the first time? Yes. But to their credit, they quickly and completely amended their story and their headline. And their headline now says... Tesla Cybertruck Foundation Series beats Tesla's estimate in Edmunds EV range test. So they achieved 334 miles of range on those all-terrain tires versus the 318 that Tesla guided for. And, and uh, Edmunds saying the Cybertruck is one of the most range-accurate Teslas we've ever tested. So that bodes very well for those all-season tires, that the 340 miles of range on the dual motor is hopefully going to be pretty accurate in normal day-to-day -day driving conditions. Now, I'm sure you've probably seen, as I have, a lot of chatter about the Cybertruck not getting its estimated range on road trips when you're doing, you know, it's, it's currently cold in most places, it's a big heavy vehicle, it's on all-terrain tires, and people are not getting anywhere near the 318 miles of range. But, you know, you're doing 75, 80 miles an hour on a road trip. So it's, the, the, you know, the, the range rating, the EPA range rating is a, is a mixed use. You know, it's not a, 
It's not an entire road trip rating, just like it's not an entire city streets around town rating either. It's meant to be kind of a an overall estimate. And so, so no, you're not going to get 318 miles of range on the all-terrain tires on a on a road trip on an inter, on an interstate, just like when when the general production Cybertrucks start rolling off the assembly line, presumably with those all-season tires, they're probably not going to get anywhere near the 340 miles of range on a road trip either. But kudos to Sawyer Merritt for calling it out, uh, using his platform to right a wrong there. And again, yes, you can ding Edmonds for getting it wrong because, yeah, they should have double-checked that. That's, that's definitely, that's a miss on their part. But to their credit, they did completely rectify their headline and their story. And that's that's the kind of accountability that we want to see from media as they report on Tesla because, sadly, we very rarely see it. They just take any little thing and run with it. I've seen it from so many outlets, big and small, about Tesla. You know, we've seen it so many times. It's Tesla is just... I guess it's because people click on Tesla that outlets are willing to just post any old thing without thinking too much about it. But in any case, I'm getting off track. Edmonds fixed their report, and the end result is very good, that that the Cybertruck beat that 318-mile estimate. A couple more stories, actually three more stories. Nope, four. I'm still rolling. There's plenty to talk about this week. We're just done with talking about Cybertruck. LG major battery company, uh, major consumer electronics company, big company, just big company in general. LG Energy Solutions CEO Kim Dong-myung announced, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, announced that the company will start Tesla 4680 battery production as early as August. Got some stories coming up cited from Tesla Roddy. This is the first of those. And the quote from Kim says, we will do it soon. I think it will be that much, but the timing will come and go for a month or two. This was in response to talking to reporters at a Korea Battery Industry Association Board of Directors event. LG plans to start 4680 mass production at its Ochang factory uh, in North Chungcheong province. The South Korean battery company will also begin producing Tesla's 4680 battery in North America once its new Arizona factory is constructed. LG will be supplying Tesla with 4680 battery cells. Kim added that LG is in talks with other customers besides Tesla about 4680 battery supply. LG is thinking of mass producing the 4680 battery in China as well at its Nanjing factory. So thank you to Tesla Roddy for that write-up. So the Cybertruck might be able to be completely fed by the on-site 4680 battery facility at Giga Texas, at least for a while. I mean, logistically, right, that would make the most sense. You go from having some amount of shipping and transportation costs, I'm talking financial costs, chronological costs, just the time to ship them, and environmental costs of trucks shipping those, uh, and or boats shipping those cells to get to Giga Texas to go into Cybertrucks to having zero of those shipping 
you know, those, those financial, chronological, and environmental costs, if Tesla is able to use all the Giga Texas on-site produced battery cells. So in, sh- in the short run, I think, this LG supply probably will be used to supplement and to support the Cybertruck ramp, just given the August timeline, right? That's coming up pretty soon. But in the long run, I suspect that this LG supply of 4680s may very well be intended for Tesla's Gen 3 car, the so-called $25,000 car, because that vehicle, as we know, is intended to be built in volumes of three to five million per year. And so Tesla is going to need as much help as it can possibly get to supply enough battery cells for that vehicle. Now, presumably, every cell that goes into the Gen 3 car will be lithium iron phosphate because that's more or less what Tesla already laid out back at battery day in 2020. And given the fact that the Generation 3 car is 100% about affordability and 0% about performance and the likely fact that the Gen 3 car is going to be on the lower end of the range scale, I'm thinking it's probably going to land somewhere between 250 and 300 miles of range. Given the physically smaller size of the battery pack because of the smaller size of that Gen 3 car itself, we know it's going to be basically a compact SUV size, plus the price target for the car. All that is to say, I think LFP is going to make a ton of sense for the 4680s that go into the Gen 3 car. And also that car is going to be made and sold globally in the US and Mexico, China, Germany. So Tesla is going to want 4680s being made for that car all over the world, which I think further further supplements the argument that that that's what LG is really driving towards here. But in short, to sum this up, it's great to hear about this because for now, it might mean that those of us waiting for general production Cybertrucks get our trucks a little bit sooner. Next up this week, the Model 3 and Model Y have a steering probe underway at NHTSA that's been now upgraded to an engineering analysis. This again has been written up by Tess Larati, who writes, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, aka NHTSA, has escalated an investigation into Tesla's Model 3 and Model Y to an engineering analysis following driver complaints about losing power steering. The NHTSA's Office of Defects Investigation, ODI, opened the probe into the Tesla power steering on the 2023 Model 3 and Model Y units last July, and now the agency has officially escalated the investigation to an engineering analysis as detailed in a a document from the agency shared recently. The shift to an engineering analysis could lead to a physical recall of the vehicles, and Tesla has given part numbers to the ODI as part of the probe. The investigation is being conducted over an estimated 334,569 total Model 3 and Model Y vehicles, following 2,388 complaints from owners reporting the loss of power steering control. In the complaints, some owners noted the inability to turn the steering wheel, while other complaints said the issue required increased effort 
to turn the steering wheel. The majority of complaints also said that the vehicle displayed a warning message to drivers saying, quote, steering assist reduced either before or during the loss of power steering. One accident has been associated with the problem in which the driver wasn't able to complete a right turn in an intersection and ended up colliding with another vehicle. The ODI also said it's aware of more than 50 vehicles that were allegedly towed away from driveways, parking lots, the side of the road, and intersections. Well, if the aforementioned Fudsters want to drag Tesla, this is a legitimate thing you can harp on. It's, I mean, this stuff happens to every automaker, but it's still not an excuse for it, right? The good news is it sounds like no one has been injured in any of these instances so far, which is certainly the most important thing. But there also, I will add, was another recall that uh, I think I may have mentioned last week. I think I did. And it was just so ridiculous. It was a software update that was required a, a recall via, via a software update because NHTSA wanted Tesla's on-screen icons, like the turn signal icons, headlight icons, etc., to be <clears throat> 5% bigger. And of course, the headlines for that one were, Tesla recalls every vehicle it's ever made, and the FUD was out of control on that. Anyway, getting back to the steering issue, this is a legitimate problem, on 2023 threes and whys. And I can imagine that if this happened to you, this would seem pretty scary. We don't have the specific VIN numbers that are affected by this yet. So if you've got a 2023 Y or three, just stay extra alert out there. And if there's an update to share on this, uh, I will make sure to do that here on Ride the Lightning since I'm sure there are a lot of 2023 Y's and threes in this audience. All right, stick with me. I'm going to take a quick break before doing these last two news stories, and I'll be back with those and your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up right after this. One more time before the raffle happens, I remind you that Ride the Lightning is brought to you in part this week by the Climate Exchange Raffle. Time is officially really running out to enter their eighth annual EV raffle. You have just days left to buy tickets. Again, this raffle's the real deal. It's for a small nonprofit doing really important work to help our planet, and their grand prize winner gets a pick of a fully customized EV from any manufacturer I'm sure you're going to choose Tesla. I sure would. Valued at up to $112,000. Hint, hint, fully loaded Plaid S or Plaid X. Plus, Climate Exchange also pays all of the fees and taxes on the car if you win, meaning that you, if you do win, you won't be stuck with any out-of-pocket costs. In fact, Climate Exchange is even throwing in an extra $5,000 to help you install a home charger or to just help just use out on the road. So ticket sales end on February 27th, which let's see, as this podcast publishes, yeah, it's coming right up on Tuesday. Uh, but if they sell out before then, well, then it'll end before then. So get your tickets right now. And again, no matter what, 
If you don't win, your purchase is still going towards a great cause as Climate Exchange is a nonprofit working hard to help states pass climate-friendly policies. You can buy tickets at carbonraffle.org or better yet, just click the link in the episode description. So that's C-A-R-B-O-N-R-A-F-F-L-E dot O-R-G. Or again, just click the link in the episode description to make it super easy. And seriously, I hope one of you wins. If you do, I want to hear about it. You're going to have to call in or email me or maybe even let you let me interview you on the podcast after you get the car. So I hope you win. Good luck. Also, this week's Ride the Lightning brought to you in part by my friends at Accelerate Auto, the letter X is prominently prominently featured with sponsorships this week. Accelerate Auto and their X-Care extended warranty coverage. Uh, again, I've got a three-year, 40,000-mile additional mile policy for my 2018 Model 3 performance, and you could do whatever you want. So you could do like Tesla offers. Tesla only offers one thing, two years, 25,000 extra miles. You could do that, And you're probably going to come out ahead at Accelerate Auto because not only does Accelerate Auto have the same $100 deductible that Tesla offers on their plan, uh, as well as roadside assistance 24-7, but Xcare offers things that Tesla's own extended policy does not, such as rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage. So you can go up to 10 years, up to 125,000 miles or Anywhere on the sliding scale you like. You could also do a battery and drivetrain policy uh, in addition to your X-Care plan or just by itself. If you just want to cover the battery and drivetrain, you can do that as well. So the point here with Accelerate Auto and their X-Care plan is to make it as customizable to suit you. That's their goals. They're just trying to do whatever works best for you. So I offer a 100... Well, they offer... I should say, not me. They're they're kindly offering it. The $100 discount if you purchase a policy using the discount code LIGHTNING. So go to accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's x-c-e-l-e-r-a-t-e-a-u-t-o.com slash x-c-a-r-e. Don't forget that discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off your policy purchase everywhere except... Florida. Apologies, Florida. It's apparently a state law thing that says they can't give discounts or price their warranties differently for different people. All right, let's get back to the rest of the news this week. Another one from Tesla Roddy, and it's that Choice Hotels, the parent company who owns Radisson, Cambria, Comfort, and the Country Inn and Suites, oh, and the Quality Inn as well, lots of hotels, motels, has announced a partnership with Tesla that will see them roll out four or more Tesla destination chargers, aka Tesla wall connectors, at various locations, including at least one universal wall connector at all Cambria hotels by the end of 2024. Cambria currently offers EV charging at around 41% of its hotels, and the brand's guests rank EV charging as one of the top three sustainability priorities they look for when booking a room. Quote, 
This agreement with Tesla allows our brands to further stand out by increasing access to EV charging for guests and potentially drive incremental top-line revenue for hotel owners, said Dominic Dragish, the executive VP of operations and chief global brand officer for Choice Hotels International. The company's website and mobile app also include an EV charging filter for travelers, making it easy to book at hotel sites that include charging solutions. In September, Hilton announced a partnership with Tesla to install as many as 20,000 universal wall connectors at 2,000 locations in North America. Just over a week later, Marriott followed up by announcing a partnership with Tesla to deploy universal wall connectors with the help of EV Connect to streamline the installation process. So thank you to Tesla Roddy for that summary. Uh, Destination chargers certainly are a key part of the EV road trip equation. So I think it is great to see these roll out at all sorts of hotels, big and small, that you see when you're out on a road trip. I mean, this isn't just the Ritz-Carlton's of the world. We need these chargers at any and every destination on a road trip. So I think this is just fantastic. And and as far as, uh, not that it really necessarily matters to us, you know, we're not footing the bill, but I presume that Tesla is either giving these wall connectors, these destination chargers to the hotel, to the hotel chains for free, maybe with the hotel paying for installation, or I got to figure at the very least, maybe Tesla is deeply discounting these destination chargers. But again, whatever the case, this is great for Tesla owners and great for the EV movement in general. I've got one last news story this week, although admittedly it is a hyper-specific regional one. It only applies to those of you just north of me in the great state of Oregon. Oregon's big EV rebate is coming back. I saw this one more time on Tesla Roddy, who was on fire this week uh, with the Tesla News, getting everything written up. They wrote, last year we reported on the program, which was favorable for a number of reasons, including the fact that it brought Tesla Model 3 sedans down to prices under $30,000. However, the program was put on pause in May due to overwhelming demand. It received roughly $12 million in funding for the year, but the program ran out of funding because so many people applied for it. The program is set to make a comeback according to Erica Tim, the coordinator, who spoke to a local news media outlet. And she said, quote, we anticipate reopening the program in spring of 2024, and we hope to announce those 2024 open dates very soon, Tim said. Oregon's dedicated EV credit program can be stacked with the federal $7,500 credit, meaning there was immediately a $15,000 discount on qualifying EVs. However, there were a few other discounts that local residents could also take advantage of, one of which was a $5,000 credit for low and moderate income residents. On top of that, $2,500 could be given to local residents. So boy, Oregon, getting it done. Uh, Though I have to say, for right now, for this moment in time, if, Oregonians, you've been considering an imminent Tesla purchase, you might want to wait a few more months. $15,000 off of a three or a Y would be too darn good a deal to pass up. 
I mean, I suppose the only downside to waiting is that, I mean, well, besides the money, immediate financial savings, but if you've got a Tesla that has FSD and or lifetime supercharging on it right now, and you were thinking of buying a Tesla very soon to transfer it, to transfer one or both of those things to a new car this quarter, you likely would not be able to do that if you wait for this program to come back unless Tesla extends one or both of these offers out another quarter, which honestly, I think it's not very likely that they're gonna extend it into Q2. Now, I do think, as I've said, that it could return in Q3 or Q4, but I kinda doubt they're gonna keep it going for another consecutive quarter here, as it might then start to set an expectation that either or both are gonna become permanent things, which Tesla might not want that. I honestly, and I'm certainly I'm not saying some grand insight, some hot take here. They should. I'm hardly the only person that feels this way. Tesla should make FSD transfer and free lifetime supercharging transfer permanent because it's the right thing to do to show loyalty to the customers who've shown loyalty to you as Tesla. But anyway, um, I don't always do state-specific things like this, but the discount here was so substantial, this program, that I thought I would mention it, you know, not just for the Oregonians, but just so everybody else kind of knows, wow, there's some, there's some cool stuff going on at the state level in certain instances. Great news here for those of you who are in Oregon. All right, that is everything in another busy week of Tesla news, but stick with me. I've got some of your excellent phone calls lined up and ready to go in the Ride the Lightning hotline coming up next. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your chance to call in and be featured here on the podcast. If you've got a Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic, I would love to hear from you. And there are two easy ways to call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many calls each week as possible, and then email that file to me at my Tesla podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and dial in and leave a message anytime on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's toll free. Call it anytime you like. 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up this week is Joe from Seattle. Hey, Ryan. Joe from Seattle here. You probably recall that I used to rent out Teslas on Turo. Haven't done that in many years. But what I have done is rented a lot of Teslas from other really cool people on Turo. Always been a great experience. But this time when I headed to Arizona, I decided to rent a Tesla 2023 short range Model 3 from Budget Car Rental. And, you know, something hit me as I had this car that 
budget doesn't offer premium connectivity or enhanced autopilot. Neither of those things were available. I think the rental car companies could work a deal with Tesla where they get a special rate for those things and can enable or disable that for renters on demand so that they charge renters, say, an additional 20 or 50 bucks a rental to have either premium connectivity or enhanced autopilot. I think it would bring budget a lot more revenue. It certainly would improve the driver experience, like mine being able to have auto lane change and you know Netflix in the car at supercharging stations. Anyhow, maybe that's something you can pass on to the gurus at Tesla. Keep up the great work, work Ryan. Thank you. Always great to hear from you, Joe. I think this is a great idea. Tesla has shown more of an interest in working with fleets in the past couple of years, and this is one way that could benefit all parties involved. Tesla, the rental car company, and the customer who's running the car. If enhanced autopilot, or perhaps even FSD beta, was available for a reasonable extra fee during my car rental period, I mean, let's say... It's $100 a month, right, if you're doing the month-to-month plan, the subscription plan for Enhanced Autopilot. So let's call that 3 bucks a day, right? Maybe if you're renting, it's 5 bucks a day to account for the rental company's cut, right, to give them a, a reasonable profit. If I could get Enhanced Autopilot in a rental for 5 bucks a day, I would absolutely pay it. Maybe it's 10 bucks a day for FSD beta. So, you know, the fact is... We live in a world of microtransactions now. Thanks, video game companies and airline companies for that. So it does seem like Tesla and rental car companies might be leaving some money on the table by not doing this. Good suggestion, Joe. Thanks, as always, for your call. Next up is Logan from Denver responding to the Cybertruck jump the line option that I talked about that's available as a loot box reward. So here is Logan. Hey, Ryan, Logan Willis from Denver here. Just wanted to give you a call. Uh, look back and my first call into Ride of Lightning was uh, all the way back in 2016, which is pretty nuts. Uh, crazy how time flies. Um, I really enjoyed your recap of the Cybertruck. Uh, I wanted to call in regarding that 30,000 point offer to move up in the queue for the Foundation Series. Um, while I respect your thoughts that uh, Tesla may not be seeing that take rate for the Foundation Series that they've wanted, um, I actually think this is a referral credit savings for Tesla. Uh, remember, those referral credits are as good as cash, and you can buy accessories, clothing, uh, autopilot, or FSD. Um, this new option they opened and then obviously sold out very quickly uh, is a no-cost solution for Tesla as they don't really have to give you anything in return except for letting you pay an additional $20,000 to get a Cybertruck sooner than you would have originally. So uh, Tesla obviously has a tracker of all these outstanding referral points in everybody's apps and uh, they know how much money that's just sitting in people's accounts. So this is an easy way for them to get people to use those points without costing them a dime. Actually, it makes them 20000 per person. So, uh, yeah, thanks for all you've done over the past decade uh, for the community. Appreciate it, and have a good one. Bye. I completely agree with you, Logan. Fair points here. But I think we can both be right. Now, it may be that we're both right, or it may be that you're right and I'm wrong, but I certainly do not disagree with anything that you said here. I can understand how this might rub some people in the community the wrong way. I mean, I certainly get why Tesla did it, though. I mean, not just for the reasons that you mentioned, but also because 
If someone is a big enough Tesla super fan to be willing to pay the $20,000 premium for the Foundation Series, and they've made three referrals as well, then that person is likely to be an evangelist when they're out there driving their Foundation Series Cybertruck around. And thus, if they were to have any early production issues, which hopefully they won't, but they would probably be more likely to be forgiving of them than other customers would. So, Logan, thank you for all your calls over the years. Keep them coming. One more call this week is all I've got time for. It's from Robert in Texas responding to my review of the Cybertruck. Hey, Ryan, it's Robert from Texas. I've got a comment on on, on something you discussed on the Cybertruck review uh, and another comment to add. Uh, you mentioned the steering wheel and the buttons for, this, for the turn signals, you know, and getting used to that and that working well. I agree with you 100%. And it's something that's been keeping some people even from buying Teslas from gas cars. So I think um, they, uh, I think they should really think about that uh, because it does uh, work over time, and you get used to it. The other thing I've heard a couple people uh, could not make the switch because of the way regenerative braking works and driving, you know, basically with just the gas pedal and then letting it go uh, and stopping at stop signs and using the brake only when you really need to. And that's another thing that I think all your listeners should know or people who might want to get a Tesla know that that actually is something you get extremely used to. It's safer. It makes more sense. It obviously conserves energy uh, and allows the car to, to drive uh, longer on less energy. Uh, but it's also safer because uh, you're always slowing down properly when you get to stop signs. Um, and it's something you get absolutely used to. And it's another thing when I go to a gas car and have to use the brake all the time that I just wonder how the heck have car manufacturers not used this before uh, in every car. So those two things, uh, the, the turn signals on the steering wheel, uh, the regenerative braking, those are positives, things you get used to and things that uh, over time make Tesla even better than other cars. Just want to make that comment. Love your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for the call, Robert. I'll give you one more selling point on the regenerative braking on top of what you said. Your brakes last forever. Well, I mean, okay, not literally forever, but much, much much longer than the brake pads in gas-powered cars. Another benefit there. As for getting used to the regen braking in a Tesla or other EV, I have to imagine, and, and this isn't any kind of criticism, just kind of an observation slash hypothesis, I have to imagine that the people who are weirded out by regenerative braking have probably never driven a manual transmission car, which I guess at this point in time, in 2024, shouldn't be surprising since manual transmission cars are so few and far between nowadays. I mean, I got my first car in 1997, I think it was, maybe 98, and my Model 3 in 2018, almost 20 years later, was, or actually, yeah, more than 20 years later, was the first time I ever didn't have a manual transmission. But I know that stick shift cars are a dying breed. Anyway, it is definitely adjustment, definitely an adjustment, pardon me, but a very doable one that comes with benefits, as you well noted. 
Thank you, Robert, and thank you to everybody that took the time to call in. I promise I will get to more of your phone calls on next week's podcast. You can call in in either of the two easy ways that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Don't go anywhere, though. Ride the Lightning isn't done quite yet. I've got your pro tip of the week and a little bit more coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Totally anecdotal here, but I was out running some errands all over town the other day, uh, meaning the Bay Area, not San Francisco, and I saw three Cybertrucks on that drive. One of them was a company car. It didn't have any license plate at all. You could just tell it was a it was a Tesla vehicle. But the other two had the paper, new car, temporary tags uh, for the license plates. So it's starting to happen. The trucks are finally starting to get out there in, in uh, a, a reasonable way. Like, we've got a long way to go on the production ramp, don't get me wrong. But it has been cool to start to see them out on the road. As for my car, I've reached the point where rain or no rain in the forecast, unfortunately this weekend looks good, I'm at the point where I've just got I've to wash it because it's so covered in grime from, from how dirty the roads have been from all the past uh, couple weeks worth of rain. So I'm going to try and find time for that this weekend. If you need an entertainment recommendation, Halo, the TV show, season two has begun on Paramount+. Plus. It is a big step up over season one, which... Season one was hated on quite a bit, particularly by Halo fans of the of the game. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was terrible, but it certainly wasn't great. I mean, by far the best TV show made from a video game is The Last of Us on HBO. It's just brilliant television all around. Halo is nowhere near in that category, but it seems like it's starting to find its footing here four episodes into the second season, which I guess is halfway through season two. It's, it's starting to find itself and starting to get a lot better. The special effects have been better. The acting has been a little better. The, the stories are, are getting interesting. So uh, if you bailed on it after season one, you know maybe, maybe give it another try. And if you haven't watched it at all, should you just jump into season two? Eh, that you probably need the setup from season one and if you don't know the characters at all. But anyway, uh, I'm enjoying the first half of Season 2 of the Halo TV show on Paramount+. Plus. Pro tip of the week time, here's Brad in Newcastle, California. Hi Ryan, this is Brad in Newcastle, California with a pro tip. Sometimes the sun just beats down too hot through the glass ceiling of my Tesla Model 3. So I take the sun visor and I rotate it not all the way to the side window and not all the way to the windshield, but about a 45 degree position halfway between both. I extend it out longitudinally as long as it'll go, and I orient it flat right over the top of my head, and it shades my head from the hot sun shining through the glass roof of my Model 3. Have a great day. Bye. Brad, I love this hack. That is some MacGyver-level ingenuity in using the tools available to you 
to get the job done. Good stuff. Thanks for calling in with that pro tip. And if anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, you can send those in the same way that you send in the regular Ride the Lightning hotline calls, which I gave you the instructions for a little while ago. Before I hit the road, let me mention some friends of Ride the Lightning that can potentially be of use to you sooner or later. I'll start with what has seemingly proven to be the most useful of all, probably because they just have the most stuff, and that's abstractocean.com. They continue to kindly offer a 15% coupon code for first-time customers. That coupon code is RTLPODCAST, all one word, RTLPODCAST. And abstractocean.com has all sorts of wonderful aftermarket Tesla accessories for S3, XY, and yes, there's one or two things for Cybertruck so far with more to come. They even have Rivian stuff as well. Maybe you have a Rivian in your household as well. From the rear footwell lighting kit, which I think is great for the Model Y, to the drop-in cup holder stabilizer, to the different color and different brightness and intensity footwell lighting kits to, you know, the accent lighting in your Tesla to just, there's all sorts of stuff. I encourage you to take a look sometime, just see what they've got. And if anything strikes your fancy, throw it into your online shopping cart. And when you get to checkout, use that coupon code RTL podcast to get that 15% off of your first order. The, the screen, the screen protectors, that's probably their biggest seller. And I, I usually mention that and I forgot until just now, so I thought I'd throw that in too in case you're in the market for a custom screen protector, custom fit for your Tesla's center screen. You can get a snap plate or the new snap plate plus for S3, X, or Y at everyamp.com slash RTL. And the Everyamp folks are now kindly offering a discount for you as well if you use the coupon code RTL. And the snap plate, of course, is the front license plate bracket that I recommend if you either want or legally require, are required to have a front license plate on your Tesla. It's a nice, clean, minimalist design, and it is gonna go away completely if you wanna remove it. There's gonna be nothing left behind if you decide at some point to remove it, either temporarily or permanently. But when it's on, it's a nice, clean, minimalist look. There's no... There's just no extraneous stuff. It's just a nice minimalist design, uh, and I definitely applaud this product. Uh, They also have the Snap Plate Plus now, which is strength-optimized with hardened features for maximum strength. Both the regular Snap Plate and the Snap Plate Plus are made from recycled, made-in-the-USA plastics, with stainless steel reinforcements. So again, you can get yours at everyamp.com RTL. And don't forget to use the coupon code RTL on top of that for a nice discount. Budgetsafesolar.com. I encourage you to keep them on your short list if you're considering solar for your home and or your business. You know, they now offer the home battery storage as well, both Tesla Powerwalls and other non-Tesla battery solutions as well. So now's the time. Uh, Now's the time while the tax credits on solar installations are alive and well. uh, Switch over to that renewable energy for your Tesla, for your household. Drive by the sun. You're powered by the sun 
if you have a Tesla or any EV and you have solar panels at home. So go to budgetsafesolar.com to take a look and learn more. And if you do end up proceeding with an installation for your home or business, I kindly ask that you use the referral code RTL. Immaculate reflections. If you and a car that you love, whether it's your Tesla or another vehicle, are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, I cannot recommend Immaculate Reflections enough. They continue to offer that nice little discount for Ride the Lightning listeners. All you gotta do is just mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener when you reach out, and you can do that through the Immaculate Reflections website found at irdetailing.com. Maybe you wanna do ceramic coating so that you don't have to wax the car for the next three to five years. Maybe you wanna do paint protection film on the front of the car or the whole thing or the you know the rockers and the you know, sort of key areas. Uh, perhaps you wanna do paint correction to get your factory paint finish looking as good as it possibly can. If you ever get a chance to see my car, you can see what paint correction looks like on a multi-coat red Model 3. But anyway, head on over to Immaculate Reflections website and check them out, irdetailing.com. Finally, as I like to do here at the end of the podcast, if you'll humor me for a minute, let me mention my Patreon. This podcast is free. It's always been free. It always will be free. New episodes come every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. I am listener supported. So the reason that I'm able to continue building this into my life and balancing it with my full-time job and my family is through your generous support through my Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash Podcast. Five bucks a month is where the support tiers start. Just five bucks a month. What's like a cup of coffee or so? And if you are kind enough to do that, you will get, as a thank you from me, early access to each week's episode as soon as it gets uploaded, which typically is Friday evenings, as it is right now. Uh, You'll get early access to the podcast. If you're kind and generous enough to step up to that $10 per month tier, you'll get the early access each week. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you will get access to all of those lightning round mini episodes that I do exclusively for Patreon at that $10 per month tier or higher each and every week. So uh, if you're willing, able, you feel like I've earned your support, I would be very grateful if you'd take a look on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Podcast, and consider a pledge. The social medias that I am on are both X and Instagram. I have the same username on both, DMC underscore Ryan, if you're interested in following me on either of those. My Tesla email address, which you can email me anytime, is teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you need a referral link, if you're buying a new Tesla and you just need somebody to get those three free months of FSD from, I am happy to offer my code to you. To use it, you have to order the car through the referral link. So type in in a web browser on your phone or desktop, ts.la slash Ryan73014, hit enter and you will be taken to a landing page where you choose which Tesla you'd like, you configure it, you put the order in, and then that referral credit will be baked in so that upon delivery, you will get three free months of FSD. 
Uh, if you're not already following or subscribing to this podcast, that's something you can do completely free of charge on any of the major podcast services. That way you don't have to remember to go seek out each week's new episode. It will instead be pushed right to you. I'm on Apple Podcasts, which I'm so happy is now natively available in our Teslas. That is great. Uh, Google Podcasts, I'm on there as well, along with TuneIn and Spotify and YouTube Podcasts as well. To find me on any of them, it's probably best to search Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you should find me. If you don't include the Tesla part, you're probably going to get taken to a Metallica album page, which, you know, you might want that too. You might find that enjoyable, but throw in the Tesla on that search term if you'd like to find me on your favorite podcast service. Before I go, let me do as I always do here and say hello and thank you to the extra generous Patreon backers at the upper tiers, the Maximum Plaid tier, the Roadster in Space tier, and the Grandfathered in Plaid level supporters. I'll start with the Roadster in Space tier crew this week. So thank you so much to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from near Philly, Kristen Rumble, and American Home Contractors. Next up, the Maximum Plaid backers. Big hello and thanks goes out to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from New York City, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Joel Sapp, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, contact1callcenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, Matt Kalen, John from Cream Ridge, New Jersey, Sean Tisdale, Dustin Hart, and Michael Gallo. Finally, a big hello and thank you goes as well to the grandfathered in plaid level supporters. Thank you so much for your continued support. George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla Owners Club of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. All right, that brings us to the end of Ride the Lightning episode 447. Rolling on here, we are now past the midway point of the first quarter of the year for Tesla, which means we are inching closer to the official unveil and launch of the Model 3, the new Model 3 performance, which should happen in maybe a month from now, maybe a little more, but we're getting close. 
I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to find out what it can do and hopefully I'll get a chance to drive it and find out what that's like as well. But in the meantime, there is, as always, plenty to talk about in the world of Tesla. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you for your kindness in continuing to listen to this podcast that I put my heart and soul and enthusiasm into each and every single week, along with plenty of time and plenty of research. I do appreciate you spending this time with me. All right. For a snoozing Daisy the Boxer to my left, this has been Ride the Lightning number 447. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.